First Kings chapter 19, 19 through 21 says, So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the ox and then gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. For the next few moments, I would like to preach on available for the call, available for the call. And you may be seated. So the definition of available is the quality of being able to be used or obtained the state of being otherwise unoccupied, freedom to do something. So today I'd like to talk about three different types of availability. Those that, do, that have no availability for anybody but themselves. Those that make excuses of why they cannot be available. And those that are instantaneously available. But I read out of 1 Kings talking about Elisha, but I'd like to talk about two different stories to you um, to give for the other examples. So we have Jonah. He was this man that was called by God to go to Nineveh, and he was supposed to warn them. He was supposed to preach to them because they were lost in sin, and he was supposed to go and preach to them, but he turned his back on God. He decided to go to Joppa where he could get a, get a ship so he could go to Tarshish. And so he goes to Joppa, and when he gets to Joppa, he pays for the boat, and he goes and he gets on and he goes down underneath the deck and he goes to sleep. And while they go out to sea, the storm comes. And the crew was afraid and they, they are trying to figure out what they can do. But finally the captain goes down and finds Jonah and tells him, wakes him up and tells him, you need to pray to your God for this storm to pass. But when he gets up to the deck, he sees what's going on, and he realizes that God was trying to get his attention. And he tells them that it, it's God, he's angry at me. you got to throw me overboard or this ship is going to go down. So the, the crew was not really wanting to do that. They didn't want the blood of, his, of him on their hands. So they try everything possible before that happens, but the sea continues to rage on. And then finally they see that there's no other way, so they throw Jonah overboard. But God had already made a fish to keep Jonah for his time so he could work on him and change his mind. And so while when they throw him into the, to the sea, at that moment the raging sea ceased. And then he was in the belly of the fish. And while he was there in chapter 2, the whole chapter is about him praying. And while he's praying, and when he finishes, God speaks to him again and says, I want you to go to Nineveh. So when he get, is released from the fish and he goes there, he preaches to them and cries out to them that in 40 days the city was going to be overthrown and that they needed to repent. And that happened. They repented because of it. But Jonah was the guy that wanted to do only what he wanted. And when God called him to do something greater, he turned his back on him. Have you ever known somebody whenever you ask if they can help you or you, you just need them to talk or you just want to hang out with them, they come up with a reason why. They say, no, I'm not able to do that. I'm sorry. But then you find them out later doing their own thing and instead of what they said they were doing. It hurts. 
Have you ever had somebody come up to you and you're tired and you're, and you're wanting to go home and, or you just didn't feel like you wanted to hang out with them, them that day and you give them a reason why you, why you can't? But then we go to Moses who had the excuses. He, he was uh, tending to his father-in-law uh, Jethro's flock and then an angel of the Lord came and he was in, a, in the fiery bush and he was talking to Moses about, hey, I want you to go and I want you to release the people of Israel out of Egypt because I, they weren't supposed to live in slavery and bondage. But I have a place for them that flows with milk and honey and they, I have the resources for them that they need. But every time he's tried to tell Moses, Moses was just doubtful. And so God said, throw your staff on the ground. And when he throws his staff on the ground, it becomes a snake. And then God says, pick it back up by the tail. When he picks it up, it becomes a staff again. But he still doubted. So God said, put your hand in your bosom. So he puts his hand in his robe. And when he pulls his hand back out of his robe, it's like leprous. It's white. It's death. But then God says, put it back in your bosom. And when he puts it back in his robe and pulls it out... It's normal again. But still again, he doubted. But then God finally said, all right, your brother Aaron's coming, and he's going to be excited to see you, and I'm going to use him to speak for you. I want to direct you, but I want to speak through him for you. So God will use you no matter what your flaw is. You might have, mis- you might have made mistakes, and you have flaws, and you may be judging yourself because of them. But God sees the value in you because he did not call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. And we may not understand, but it says in Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6, Trust to the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. I don't know why he decided to use us, but he sees something valuable inside of us. But I pray that we don't turn and we don't make excuses to why we cannot take up the call of God. I pray that we are instantaneously available to God when he calls us. Like Elijah said, Elisha said to Elijah, let me go kiss my father and my mother and let me burn the things that were going to hold me back where I wished I could go back to. And I pray in this place that the things that are holding us back, we get rid of, we cut ties with them, and we follow after our calling in this place. And Elisha's story, was when Elijah's story was coming to an end, he was going from city to city telling Elisha just stay here I gotta go away but Elisha was like no I I gotta be with you I I can't and this happened several times and then he goes to the Jordan and it says that Elijah took his mantle and he smacked the waters with it and the waters separated and they walked across on dry ground and just for the sake of time when Elijah was taken up it says that the mantle came, came down But then it says that Elisha, he picked it up. It didn't say that it fell into his hands, but it says that he had to go and take it. And that's what I pray for us in this place. When we have the opportunity or we have the choice, whether we're going to take it or we're going to walk away, we decide to take it. We decide to say, I'm going to accept the calling that God has placed in my life. I'm not going to turn away from it. I'm not making any more excuses. But this is what God wants me to do because the calling is an honor to take. And when you take the call, you are living the life that God wanted you to live. You are fulfilling the purpose that God placed you to in on this earth to do. And the best way, other than praying, fasting, and studying for you to continue your growth and walk with God, 
is like when Elisha continued to follow after Elijah. He wanted to be as close to him. He wanted to follow him. He wanted to be in his anointing. And that's how we need to be. We need to be close to people of God, people that are directed by God, being close to pastor and allowing him to teach us and to, let, and to keep us involved in the church and in what God wants this church to do. Because when we're in line with the man of God, when we're in line with his vision that God has given him, this church is going to be set into a revival because our calling is not just ourselves, but our calling is like a puzzle piece. And when your puzzle piece is put in place, it's going to elevate and it's also going to set forward a revival into the church. But in closing, we are not worthy again but for the calling, but God sees otherwise. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God ordained you to speak life to the dying world. He told you to go and preach the gospel to the lost. Be available for the call for your family, for your community, for the upper Canal Valley, for the kingdom of God. But be available for the call of God in your life if we can stand in this place. Lord God, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do, Lord. But thank you for taking time with us, Lord. Lord, thank you for having a purpose in our life, God. Lord, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in the future, Lord, for this church and for this community and for this region, God. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus.